Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Rubbish Talk podcast. Um, thank you very much everyone for listening to our previous two episodes. Last week we interviewed Grant Keenan from Keenan Recycling and we've got a really interesting guest again today. We have Amanda Stewart from WRC Recycling. Um, so we've got a really great interview with Amanda but before that um, myself and Alistair will run through our usual industry news roundup of the week. So hi Alistair. Good afternoon Heather. You well? We're good, we're good. Well, we've got a couple of topics um, that's actually taken on from our, our pre-episode ramble last week. Um, so we're still on the topic, it seems to be the hot topic of the moment, of disposable vapes. Um, and you'll hear Amanda as well also talk about it, unprompted, may we add. Um, so it's definitely a hot topic. So um, do you want to kick off with a bit of an update from what we discussed last week? Yeah, I think firstly, the, the we mentioned we mentioned uh, a young lady in in the D that I couldn't remember her, her name because I'd seen her on Twitter. A, a young lady called Laura Young, who her Twitter handle is at Less Waste Laura, and she's got a, she's got a website with a similar uh, a similar na- name. And it actually turns out Laura did a master's degree in environmental protection at. Edinburgh Uni stroke SRUC in 2019 and I've got an awful feeling poor Laura had the pleasure of sitting through some of my my lectures so I, I may actually have met Laura in my, my life but uh, she was probably one of 40 in the class so, and I, I probably wasn't fully introduced so uh, but Laura's been doing a huge amount of work and uh, highlighting the issue of these disposable vapes and, 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 and gathering attention and what's really interesting is the Scottish government has come out with a, a, an urgent review of the environmental impacts and management of these single-use vapes and I think there does seem to be a bit of building uh, opinion that they're they're maybe not best for the environment and they're not best for, for people's health either and, and maybe we should be controlling them in, in in some shape or form. Yeah it's interesting we we just had that discussion um, just over, over a week ago when we recorded the episode um, and I think that was Thursday or Friday of last week that the Scottish government came out um, and commissioned urgent reviews so yeah it's, it's definitely not a topic that's going away anytime soon but it's good to see some movement on that. So, so as well as being a environmental environmental issue from littering and so on, and, and a health impact on people from from using vapes, it's obviously a big issue for the waste sector in terms of handling these materials. Because sometimes, sometimes we don't know that they're, they're, they're in the waste. Uh, there's batteries there. The batteries potentially can go on fire, and there's sort of video evidence of, of that happening. So, from a waste management point of view, it's a it's a, it's a huge potential issue and, and then really in terms of the the waste regulations companies that are selling these vapes should be taking them back should be taking them back to the, the the shops for for proper recycling so i think there's i think there's a bit more to run on on, on disposable vapes and 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 what's happening in the future just mm-hmm. out of interest um we're part of the the switch network so we'll put we'll put the link up in, on the website the switch is to to promote health and safety and, and and training within the waste sector and and they've actually got a webinar on thursday the 23rd of february and i think i've not got the time in front of me i think it's probably about half 10 11 o'clock in the morning which is ho- hosted in teams 
and a guy called Scott Butler from Material Focus will be delivering that 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 webinar on 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 vapes, and it'll go into the the sort of waste management implications and the, and the health and safety issues of of vapes, uh, and and that's a free to attend webinar if anybody's interested. But we will put the the link on the on the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good one to come along. We've talked about it a lot, but um, I think Scott will be able to give us a, a good overview of the material breakdown and, and the waste implications. So, yep, we'll put all the details um, in the notes for everyone, or you can uh, go on switchforum.org.uk and you can get all the information on their website as well and sign up from there. Um, so yeah. next topic is another one, a kind of update since last week we seem to be right on the ball with these because everything we talk about is then hitting the headlines again so we've got we've got plenty to discuss um but we've saw this week as well an update on the deposit return scheme um and we've kind of been an announcement that it's in, in plans for england and wales for october 2025 so significantly um behind scotland here all things going well is, is due to launch in august of this year so um, 2025 for England and Wales. And you can you can imagine the delight producers of plastic bottles and glass bottles have that England and Wales are starting October 25 and Scotland starting August <laughs> this year. So effectively they're going to have to make produce that's eligible for the Scottish DRS, but you know not necessarily eligible for the, the England and Wales DRS. So in interesting times, and there's been some interesting articles put out about deposit return scheme in, in, in England. It's similar to the arguments that were put out in Scotland about it. Uh, one of the interesting things that's happening is the Small Grocers Federation, they, they, they're actually mounting a legal action against the deposit return scheme uh, and, and that's currently going through the course at the moment. So that'll be interesting to see how, they, how, how, how that pans out. Yeah, I, um... And you go, sorry. I was going to say, talking from that, we discussed um, on the Rubbish Talk website and on the Albion website um, the unintended consequences of the DRS. And as we quite rightly said, more and more seem to be coming out of the woodwork the closer we get. And there's one that you picked up on, uh, a local one, uh, Alistair, this week about the Aldi car park in Air. Um, they've already seen some complaints about um, the DRS station that's built in the car park so, uh, so the, the 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 local aldi has actually built their the drs uh facility in the car park and i was interested to note that the local i can't remember if it's facebook or social media was uh ranting about the fact that the drs station was taking up some like eight car parking spaces mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but i think i think all kidding aside about you know about you know the reality is these supermarkets are going to have to build facilities to accept these materials and the reality is shoppers are going to have to quite significantly change their habits that mm-hmm. you know when they turn up at the supermarket they're going to do what people have been abroad maybe you used to been doing for a long time which is take your plastic bottles your your cans your your glass bottles to the DRS station, feed them into machines, get your receipt for your 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 credit, and then and then go and do your shopping, which is you know going going to be a big change for lots of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think it's going to be interesting as it gets closer to the date in terms of how the public actually react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is. As you said, it will be a bit of a a change in 
habits and people's routines but I mean hopefully only a good thing so you know it's a slight inconvenience maybe for some but hopefully in the grand scheme of things a few less car park spaces will really not make much of a difference to people probably good might encourage more people to walk or cycle to the supermarket there we go yeah exactly then, then they need to walk or cycle with their empties as well as their fools so. that's true yeah yeah i don't know if you've got much of a case on that one no, <laughs> the that, ideas there. if they're if they're walking or cycling to the supermarket they're carrying their full shopping home so to bring their empties down is probably not that big a deal either so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no it's all good so no it'll be interesting how drs uh evolves this year and it'll be interesting now that it's been announced in England and Wales in terms of how 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 they are going to progress things and there's already down in England and Wales there's already argument to say that glass bottles should not be included in DRS which was one of the big arguments that we had in Scotland maybe one or two years ago mm-hmm. uh, when we were looking at implementing it. Yeah yeah I suppose they'll, they'll go through everything that we've already saw up here but Hopefully, some of the the discussions that's happened in Scotland will, will be able to pass through a bit quicker now that we've done some more research. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on any updates on that as well. So that's twenty twenty five and and the diary for. So we'll see. And then I suppose what we would like to announce um, to keep up to date with everything, we we do a bit of a whirlwind catch up um, at the start of the podcast on some news articles or um, anything we think is worth talking about. Um, but we do have a website rubbishtalk.co.uk where we host a rubbish blog so it's some um, of our own takes um, some news articles and we would like to see some some guest bloggers as well and there's a form you can submit if you've got something you you want to get off your chest you want to talk about you've got opinions on um, please submit the form and let us know your thoughts and we can publish on on the website um, we also host the podcast and all the episodes uh, from the rubbish talk website and we've linked in albion's new industry news hub as well so you'll probably see a lot of the stories we talk about have came from there so we are um collecting a lot of sustainability and environment waste management and health and safety news articles um, from across the uk in one place on the rubbish talk website so you can find it all there and we'll link to that in the podcast notes as well. A bit of a, a roundup. Um, we obviously said at the start of the episode, thanks everyone for, for listening in and following along so far. Um, I think we have our first international listener. Um, I was doing a bit of a nosy on the stats um, after the first few episodes and we had someone listening in South Africa. So I don't know who, if you there know you who go. you are. Reveal yourself. That's <laughs> two, two, two episodes in and an international listener already. I, I, I have a feeling... I have a feeling I, I maybe know who that international listener is. Uh, there is a young man who is in the army that was on a training camp, a running training camp in South Africa last oh. week. And I have got a feeling it is that certain young gentleman that has uh, downloaded the podcast from South Africa. I've not oh, actually what? asked him yet, so I will I will endeavour to find out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we thought we'd go global, maybe not as soon as this, but hey, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and finally, just in a, a little roundup, uh, is 
probably been a little bit remiss of myself and uh, in, in, in thanking the guys, John and Stephen, from Young Hearts Run Free podcast. So this is a, a, a running podcast that John and Stephen set up during COVID. They were a bit bored during COVID and they, they decided to set up a weekly podcast uh, all about running, all about eating and running and, and lots of general nonsense about all things running really uh, and we well i they kindly interviewed me after one of the races i did and that got the wee the gray matter going and i thought i wonder if we could steal their format or acquire their format and use it for for this podcast and john very kindly gave us you know lots of good hints and ideas uh in, in, in terms of how to get started so if you are into your running or you're thinking about getting into running highly recommend uh young hearts run free if you just google that uh you'll you'll, you'll find them you, you'll definitely find them out there uh, and there's some some real interesting stuff so that 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 was your plug John and Stephen <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite rightly so uh, it was kind enough to, to get a reset down with us before we started and give us all the the insights so yeah absolutely worth a, a shout out and a thank you um to John and Stephen for that finally uh, we have got our guest today Amanda Stewart who is the Safety, Health, Environment and Quality Manager for a company called WRC. Uh, so they're a, a plastic recycling and a skip hire company uh, based in, in, in Glasgow. Uh, so we had a, a, a good whirlwind tour of, of, of Amanda's career to date. Uh, and, 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 and where she looks to the future. So and, and enjoy the next 30, 35 minutes with, with, with Amanda. Thank you. So good afternoon. Delighted to welcome our guest, Amanda Stewart from WRC Recycling. Welcome, Amanda. How are you? Hiya, I'm good. Thanks, Alice. How are you? Very well, very well. Um, so what we'd like to do is just a wee bit of introduction from yourself, Amanda, and in, in your own words, what brought you into the the wonderful industry of waste? Uh, I'm cheating here a little bit because I, I know a little bit of your background, but for the listeners out there, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I'm my I'm currently the CQ manager for WRC Recycling, but my journey certainly didn't start in waste, and I didn't think it would actually end up here. You do, you do realise you've managed, you're about one second in and you've managed to use an acronym already that some people might not know. Oh, <laughs> she did, yeah. <laughs> Safety, Health, Environment and Quality Thank Manager. You. There you go. Yes, yeah, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, basically, after school, I wanted to go to uni. I was always determined that I was going to uni um, to do what was actually archaeology believe it or not. Uh, but then I discovered you needed five A's to get in. And uh, <laughs> I did not have five A's. So I had to re rethink. And uh, I remember sitting in the common room in sixth year and there was a nice poster up on the wall advertising the construction industry, CITB. I thought, hmm, that sounds like something that I would like to do. Toddle along uh, with my mom up to Care College up Paisley. 
um, sat and talked to different people in the industry and um, spoke with a quantity surveyor and a civil engineer. Now, me being me, civil engineer, said not a lot of women in this job and um, you might not be able to do it. I want, that's the job I want to do. <laughs> uh, so that started my sort of career into well, university and then I did actually study construction management in uni but through courses in that I did a lot with water that kind of thing so I was always interested in that environmental side of the engineering um, but as it, as it was after I graduated I became a student engineer with Balfour Beatty believe it or not uh, though my time was short-lived there I left maybe a year and a half after joining I had been working with a, a sort of smaller family run business uh, while I was at uni so I ended up working for them doing sort of a site agent role um, with them and then unfortunately that company folded uh, and I found myself jobless for a wee couple of months um, and then I started working with a company called Bar Construction and I was there for a good few years um, until, again, downturn in industry of 2008-2009 when construction saw a really, really huge downturn in industry. Um, so I was made redundant there and did struggle to get a job within health and safety at that point. Um, that's why I changed my role into health and safety uh, while I was with BAR. I should have said that. Um, uh, so I did struggle to find work. Um, I think there were so many of us made redundant at the same time. We're all looking for the one job. So I actually, believe it or not, ended up working for Morrison's for five years, uh, as in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. uh, did admin in there, um, work night shift, all things like that, just because we want money, don't we, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so as time has kind of grown and by that point I've, I had my daughter as well, got married, had my daughter. Um, so it was ideal because I could work part time and stuff like that. And then I was kind of giving up hope that I would ever get back into health and safety because obviously it's ever changing as well. So you have to keep really updated. And obviously a lot of that had slipped over the few years that I'd been out of the industry. And then I seen an advert for, it was actually my friend had seen an advert for uh, William Tracy's look for a health and safety advisor and do you know what we're cautious to it let's just do this let's apply never thought in a million years would I ever get a response back because I said it'd been so long Um, went along got got the phone call for the interview and uh, spoke with somebody that I don't know very well you know Alistair's uh, Audrey Duckworth who hopefully you're going to maybe drag in for a interview as well at some point. I, I think Godfrey's <laughs> maybe in that list as well, Amanda. Yes, That's maybe giving the story away though. Maybe we could um, yeah. keep it a secret. So um I was very lucky that she'd kind of sort of seen she had been in a similar situation as trying to get back into work after having kids, that kind of thing. And I think it they did take a bit of a chance on me because I had obviously been out of the industry for five years so a wee bit of catching up to do so and that is how I got my first job in way so it, I just fell into it totally unexpectedly and opened my eyes greatly absolutely love the waste industry better than construction um, and it's actually less for people that don't know William Tracy and well they're now in what type of work do they do what sort of thing do they so, do 
yeah, so they're like waste management. So they had skips and skips higher, all that. We did trade waste. That's your really bins for your businesses, that kind of thing. And and uh, they had four sites. Well, we well, when it was William Tracy, it was four sites. So we had Irvine, Linwood, um, Glenrothes, and Newbridge. So and they all were just like waste transfer sites. Some of them were, and we did a lot of processing, especially at Linwoods where we had a variety of different areas. We had timber, so we brought in scrap timber and it got shredded into animal bed and all this kind of thing. Got sent off for, um, back to companies to get made into um, your uh, chipboard, that kind of thing. Uh, there was, oh, I'm going to use some jargon. I'll just be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> we had what we called the... Uh, there was the Murph and the Dirty Murph, so I'll probably that. So that's a mixed recycling facility, and we just differentiated between the two. So that was the sort of household waste would go in to the, the cleaner Murph, and it would just separate all the different materials, your plastics from your paper and all that, and the, anything that shouldn't be in there as well we would take out. And the same essentially was the dirty murph as we called it but that would maybe your construction material your heavier material so it would sort out more your brick soils as well as plastics timber but it's more your your bigger items that's where you would find your sofas and stuff like that they'll have to be careful now sofas is a, obviously a different a different yeah. story to get into that we're not <laughs> going to discuss today i think i think we, we, may, we maybe touched on that in previous ones and we're promising yeah. to cover that maybe later yeah. on <laughs> good stuff yeah so so yeah, it was quite it was quite a a dive into the deep end of the waste industry. I we also had a couple of already filled in landfills that were no more. So we we looked between the team there, we looked we looked after them as well. So um yeah, definitely it was an, an eye opener into exactly what happens after you close that wheelie bin lid in the house. Um and eventually um well, I was there for five years. The opportunity came up here at WRC to take on more the manager role and uh, came along and obviously they must have liked me at some point. So I'm here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, so and that's basically my journey, how I ended up in waste. Yeah. And, and at, any, at any time were you thinking, oh, I don't want to go into waste management or was that not really a was it more that you had an opportunity of getting back to do the work you wanted to do and what this industry did didn't really matter would that be yeah i think for me at that point it was that opportunity to get back into health and safety more than anything but i think there was always that underlying environment part of me that so it was just like it was just the perfect job and i think i did way back 10, 15 years ago, I had no idea that this kind of job existed. Mm. I didn't even think. I mean, I used to phone in William Tracy to put my skips on my site. You know, and I was, I, guess I would segregate my waste. I would, I would do your site waste management plans. I would, you know, so I was always involved in that. I never really thought what happened afterwards. So I think that's been the kind of interesting thing. But no, I just, I think it was just the opportunity for me for the health and safety side of it. Yeah. And, and now I'm in. Um, you obviously have to be more environmental as well. Uh, I think I think that goes with any role in health and safety nowadays, no matter what industry you're in. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's it's certainly a bit warmer than construction because I do get 
like I've got a nice inside building here, so that's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not stuck outside the whole time, so yeah. that's always a, a bonus. <laughs> that's interesting, Amanda, as you said that we talk quite a lot and have discussions about, you know, how to kind of promote or, you know, get the word out there about the waste management industry and how to get people into the, the sector. But it's funny coming from your perspective, you worked so close to it and even you're saying you didn't quite realise um, yeah. you know, what it was or what kind of jobs there was. So it just goes to show there's kinda of a lot more, you know, we could be done. Someone oh. in your position still going, Oh, I didn't quite know, you know, how do you begin to tell someone who has no idea? It's quite Absolutely. funny. How do, how do we tell that? Sorry, Amanda. How do we tell that school leaver like you? Yeah, I was going exactly. to say all these years ago, but it's not that many years ago. <laughs> well, look, we don't need to discuss how many years ago that was. <laughs> but, but, but from an industry point of view, how how do we attract that school leaver? You know, you saw the CITB thing and got you into construction. Yeah. You know, is that something the waste oh. and resource sector needs to do as well? I 100% do. I really do think. I think there's so many people in this industry, as hopefully we'll, we'll see as they come onto these podcasts, that are so passionate about their jobs that they make you want to work in the industry. And I think, as I say, I work working with Audrey, not that I'm keep dropping her name in or anything, but she was so passionate about environment, you couldn't help but, and you know, feel that way as well and so yeah so yeah I do think it is a I think it's be a great opportunity to to take this round of schools or you know um but certainly the, the six years or whatever and here's so many different jobs that you can do and you don't need to go to uni you know I mean it's not necessary you need to have a degree or anything like that and we know there's opportunities to have um your um apprentices the modern apprentices in the workplace now and there's um the certain like the, the the environmental stuff you don't need to be going to college to do it can do it at work the you know NVQ level or whatever it is the equivalent nowadays because I don't I don't even want to say standard grades or anything because I don't think that even exists anymore <laughs> so that you know you're kind of guessing my age now so just, you know we'll move on that yeah. we'll move swiftly on, eh? <laughs> we'll move swiftly on. So, so in terms of your 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 uh, your career if you like what, what has there been a, a favourite role you've had, uh, you know, through your journey, or, or is has it just evolved over time and every yeah. bit's a favourite bit as it changes? I'll tell you something. For me, it's always been the people. The people make the job and make the role. And the last one was the with well, we won't chase the name, but I worked in a, a team. Um, there was another health safety advisor, there was the health and safety manager and we had our health safety admin and the four of us were just, it was such a great team and it was, it was, and we had fun with it as well, do you know what I mean? But, you know, as, you know, um, as time went on, we obviously moved on to other roles as well. So if there was any, if there was ever a team I'd work with again, it would certainly be, be that lot. So hopefully their ears are burning as I'm, I'm saying this to them. <laughs> they'll, know, they'll know who they are, wouldn't they? Yeah, they know who they are. But yeah, but I love the opportunities I have in my role right now. Um, it's, you know, quite relatively new company it's a small company here at WRC don't get me wrong they've been around since 2009 but we've just evolved and evolved and they're still evolving and see to be part of that absolute excitement of the newness of things and getting involved and 
building new plant and putting in you know new processes you don't often get that sometimes you've always you've come in and everything's done for you and you're just you're just making sure that it's it's all working whereas I'm developing the management systems for everything as well so it's taking time but we're getting there we're getting there um yeah so like this is really exciting part of my journey right now um and I think as well as it's getting older as well you don't think that these opportunities still appear but they do and that that's that's been quite good for me i think that's quite a common thing around the waste industry amanda i think you know a lot of there's a lot of change in the sector there's a lot of you know companies are quite they ad, they adapt they, they put new processes in and so on yeah. you know and, and there does always seem to be change which i think thinks what i find interesting as well that that, that change is always happening yeah definitely I think it's it's good though because I think though there's more as we as we all know uh, the work in the industry you you hear about it first that there is a a zero waste to landfill ban coming in um obviously it was supposed to be a lot earlier than this so we are grateful that that got moved because it's given us opportunity to move things quickly and see what we can we need to do to make the material like if we send it elsewhere how how do we get the recyclable out of all this waste and and make it better and so there is there is very little now going to that we have very very rare uh stuff like there's hardly anything from us that go to landfill now we've kind of really cut back cut back looked at everything every opportunity that we can have and that and that's been great to be a part of that that their wrc zero waste to to landfill journey as well so that's always good and it's interesting which, which is also train changed the industry as well because the less stuff you've gone to landfill the more discrete waste streams you've got that you need to find like recycling outlets and so on for it isn't okay. it so you know so you, you take the waste in and it's rough state and then you sort it okay. into different materials and then you've got to find people that can handle that material yeah. which it's yeah. sometimes quite challenging. Definitely. And I think even that's just changed in the last couple of years because of like obviously exporting to other countries has become less as well. It is easier to keep it in the country and deal with it. But now because we've kind of had to keep it here, there is more industry popping up going, right, okay, we can do this and they're they're get they're developing so they can then take on the plastics or whatever to, to recycle. And that's good that we are keeping it in the country. And I would even more so like to be kept in Scotland we do try because obviously our carbon you want to keep your carbon fruit but footprint down as much as you can so if we can get it sourced locally i.e scotland and send our material that way it's better for us and better for the environment rather than shipping it all the way down to to england or whatever whatever needs to be done at the moment so yeah, yeah. so i do yeah, think okay thank you uh, i think i think you actually answered about three of my questions so i don't need to actually bother answering <laughs> them, which is absolutely fine it saves it saves me speaking uh just out of interest in terms of how your roles changed through through the years is, is there anything particular you've changed taking habits from the workplace back home any any anything you'd pay much more attention to at home than you maybe used to i think yeah i think actually just paying attention to what I do put in my recycling bin. I'm not going to lie, I was probably not the best. But then I think before I came in here, we only had had two bins. So it was like you had your 
general waste and then recycling it was glass paper everything now we're obviously getting more and more bins and the front of my house is very colorful <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow of wheelie bins at the front but yeah certain things and also um for me it was realizing that people actually sorted this by hand as well and i'm like oh no you know and personally having done that and uh, when I was doing some help do some sampling uh, to check obviously the quality um, and finding pizza and pizza boxes that's supposed to be in recycling and it just really gross things that, uh, that even I had to stop at one point where oh, I just need a wee minute here. Yeah. Um, so yeah for <laughs> me it was certainly cleaning out the recycling and making sure there was it, there was no food left in it. <laughs> We know how you feel. Both Heather and myself have been involved in doing waste composition analysis where you're sorting through residual waste or in some cases you're sorting through recycling and it's as bad as residual waste because it's got that much contamination in it which yeah. is not great. Do you, do you ever feel the need to, to sort of champion these views with your pals? Do you ever oh, yeah. Have, yeah. have to tell your pals off? For... Yeah, it was more actually, it was, it was my, my parents here, well they're they're Ayrshire, obviously I'm Renfrewshire up here, but and it, they were quite shocked as well. So they've they've seen everything as well. So I passed on those good habits to them. So they were like, oh, as soon as we knew, we we're like clean, clean, clean. <laughs> so that's quite good. So that's kind of that does help. And I think just I'm able to sort of tell people where the rubbish actually ends up. And it's you know, so it is you can open that really bin again and go, that goes there, that goes there, yes, that's made into this. You know, and it's just giving them like maybe just it's just learning that full full cycle of where your rubbish ends up is interesting and it does it it makes me think twice about buying certain things as well. Um I do try and now the supermarkets going back to like loose vegetables and stuff like that. I do try and buy what I need for a recipe rather than, you know, a, a six pack of tomatoes, for example. I only need three. I can guarantee those all three will end up in the compost heap at some point or something uh, or the, the food we spin for me but um yeah so I think it's just making those little habits and being very aware of what can get recycled and really what can and um I think having a young well she's 11 now but a younger daughter when I first started and it was those Christmas presents and you're trying to get the doll out and it's got about 59 bits of plastic and then it's got a wheel to turn to get a bit off and it Sell it on. It was just when you seen the amount of excess waste from one that that just it did it it kind of shocked me actually because then I realised just how much of that couldn't be recycled and had to go in the general waste bin and you think oh god that's that's just a waste just to make something look pretty in a in a packet. And then your daughter probably played with it played with a cardboard box rather than a toy. Yeah, yeah, I've got plenty, plenty of photos of her just with boxes, sitting in boxes, boxes on her head, dolls and that sitting to the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that does, I do I do think working in it, and I think if more folk were just aware, just exactly that full journey, I do think there'd be a lot more changes in, in households as well. Well, I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, and I think you've just summed it up perfectly for us in terms of uh, what people need to think about so obviously you've got a, a, a busy role where you are there's lots of change what, what what do you do to get away from from work to relax oh uh, yeah so for me I actually 
believe it or not, not quite at the moment, I've got let it lapse over Christmas, but I do enjoy going to the gym and I, I actually do a weightlifting. So, yeah, so that's quite good. So if you've had a bad day the day before, it's quite good to go and lift some heavy weights and slam them down on the floor. Well, a lot of folk will be like, you shouldn't slam them on the floor, but yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> it certainly, certainly relieves the tension if it's been a bit of a stressful week or whatever. So that's what I do. And then obviously I've got my family as well. So it's like chill out time at the weekend, work. As when five o'clock on a Friday, that's that works over. You're off. And then, yeah, absolutely. Until that laptop gets opened again at eight o'clock on a Monday morning. And I think it's so important to take those two days off. And even throughout my roles, I'm always encouraging the my bosses, my managers, leave that work mobile phone and see what two days ain't gonna make no difference. Ain't gonna, you know, we can you've plenty of other people to help you. And I think it's just trying to encourage that, especially through my health and safety role is to encourage obviously this um mental well-being you know i think mm-hmm. it's it's so important as well on that side so yeah that's certainly what i do switch off and work out <laughs> perfect as some as somebody that goes to the gym as well at the moment you know the the gyms in january are quite interesting places because i think if they, if you could capture all the energy that people are expelling in gyms in January. It would power power the whole of the UK. The sad Absolutely. bit about it is generally you just see them in January, and in a couple of weeks' time they'll 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 all have vanished. So, you know, yeah. you just sometimes wish people just took it a little bit easier and just sort of built up gradually, and and you know, kept, <laughs> kept the routine rather than you know appearing in the first two weeks of January. But uh, yeah, that's, it's all it's always interesting. It's always interesting. So in 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 terms of yourself, what's what's your thoughts for your your you're obviously busy and and happy at WRC. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking for the next? I'm going to say thirty years, Amanda, but I might give your age away. <laughs> I will hopefully be retired. <laughs> But then, I don't know, I may not put in the retirement age up. I'll, I'll think I'll still be working <laughs> when I'm at 70. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, um, not, yeah, just, I am just absolutely loving the journey currently. So it's just carry on with this and just really, really help put WRC Recycling on the map. Um, I think we've we've just grown so much in the last few years. It's When I started in 2019 here, we had like 30 all-in employees. We're now at 60, so that's some growth. And it's, as I say, it's just making sure that everything is right. Health and safety-wise as well, just as important as well as the, the environment. So keeping the company right on the environmental side. And so I think my work's cut out. So I'm, I'm thinking quite happy just to ride along here for a while. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. It's a big, it's a big role because you know, as you're aware, the the health and the the waste sector has not got a good reputation in terms of health and safety, and and you know, there's a lot of organisations doing a lot of good work to try and sort of improve on that record. Yeah, uh, so we are, we are a high risk industry. Yeah, it's 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 a scary scary industry as well. Obviously, I have investigated accidents uh, in this role and previous roles as well. And um, yeah, it's it's one of these things. I think as well, the plant and the equipment that we we were using previously was never meant for this industry. So it's maybe been like a hodgepodge job from the agricultural industry, from the forestry industry, from quarrying even. 
Um, but now you see the companies and these, like we obviously got the new um, extra recycling facility built in here at in Chinon, and it's a it's it's all it's all made to, to deal with waste. So it's quite exciting to see that as well. That technology has come on, and and that in itself makes it safer as well because you know that these are these are all built in to to do the job that's intended to do. So that that relaxes me a bit when that equipment's fine. You know, it's it it's got guards where it should have it. The, you know, it's just designed that it's with safety in mind as well. So that is good as well. So as much as we are still going to ever going to be a dangerous industry, I think that technology is catching up as well. So, you know, we can make it that bit extra safer as well. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, Andy, you've actually shared quite a lot already um, and kind of covered a lot of topics that me and Alistair <laughs> would normally ask. But um, what I quite like to know is, is there something, a fact or something interesting um, about your either your job or the sector that you would like people to know or you think people should know to help change their habits, maybe? Yeah. She's already shared one. She's already shared the fact that people sort through the waste by hand. Well, that's <laughs> what, that was the <laughs> biggest shock for me. That was the first, when I first joined Albion and I thought, and I went with some of the team and done, like watched it at the waste comp and I thought, oh my goodness, I've never once put stuff in the bin and thought there's someone at the other end of this going through it by hand. That was massive for me. And I think it is for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, yeah actually, I think that was probably my biggest shocker coming into the industry and it is when I explain that to a lot of people I highly encourage businesses and like that to come and see a waste facility come in and see how the process works because we are nice people and we do welcome <laughs> people in and I I have I love giving site tours we're very proud of what we do and whether it be here or over where, where I worked with Enva as well do you know what I mean and you you like to show off what we can do and uh, hear you know the difference that we are making and and they, they in turn are making if they can get it right at their end it proves our quality and and so on so I do think yeah I suppose the sorting by hand is is quite a big thing as well yeah that's, that's interesting Amanda I've not, not thought about this one before the, 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 the talking about gyms the gym I go to is very clear that it should only be paper towels that go in the bin and I'm thinking they've probably agreed a contract with their waste contractor that's on the paper towels in the bags but I know for a fact that people put all sorts of stuff in these bits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what it's like. I think it depends on who the the. Certainly, I know local councils do. They open the bins and they'll check, and then you'll get tagged and all that. So you just don't want that hassle because you know the where really bins only get emptied every two weeks here, or sometimes is it is actually more than that. I think it's every four weeks for your recycling. So you don't want to be sitting with a full bin with a tag because then you have to then dispose of it yourself. So just get it right the first time, and then and then you're saving the hassle. But that's why they're doing it. It's not to to make anyone's life difficult. It's just you put in a, a black bag, we don't know what's in that black bag. Um, so it could have quite a lot of food waste, it could have liquid waste. You put that in, you're putting it through shredders, you're putting it through you know, various bits of plant. That's contaminating that whole material. So that whole load is contaminated. So whatever tonnage is in there is absolutely wasted and we can't recycle it once it gets damaged. So I do think it's so important to to just keep them separate. You know, Just put the black bag, you know, keep it just keep it away from the recycling, and um, because we have to just contaminate it because we don't know what what's in in that bag, and it's not sometimes not worth the risk of having a peek inside either. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I suppose from that, well, it's, we've actually covered it as well. There's a lot of habits and things that we naturally talk about. I think maybe people don't realise if you're not in the industry, but do you have maybe one habit or a change that you would like to share like with the public, which could improve the, either their management of waste or improve their recycling or attitude towards it? Just kind of one, one thing that you think is easy enough to apply? One thing, see, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we got a list of ten, you can give us them all if you get more. Stop, stop buying your daughter rubbish presents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I generally think before you buy. I, you know, I do think that's a very strong thing because just look at what you're throwing out, especially food waste as well is quite obviously high. Look at the packaging. Just look at the things you're picking up. That, I think, in itself will help. Check the back, see if it's recyclable or not and make sure then if you're putting in the right wheelie bins, that kind of thing, because you're saving yourself a lot of hassle in the long run and obviously doing your bit for the environment. And I know a lot of people go, oh, it's just one, I'm just one person. But if we all think that way, we're just not going to get anywhere. So we've all got to think, if I do my bit, the next person will do their bit and, and so on and so on. And hopefully that we do educate everyone in the wonderful world of waste. Yeah. <laughs> That's one step at a time and as you said it all yeah. starts from what you buy and if you stop buying it they'll stop making it or they'll change the, what they're packaging it with so yeah I think that's a great one and easy enough to do. Um, so we've got kind of a couple of questions that we ask everyone and we'll hopefully get a bit of a, an index going um, the more people we go on but could you pick um, one piece of jargon or and it might be anything you've talked about as well related to your job or the industry and tell us what it means. Okay, so it's kind of three things, but they're all similar. <laughs> okay, so obviously WRC, we're, we're known for our plastic recycling here. So um, it was a big shock to me just how much different levels of plastic there is. You know, me coming from a company when you had one codes for plastic uh, going out and, and now you've got loads. So um, was is the HTP is and they've got NDP and LDP. So basically the HL and M and each of them is high, low, medium. And then the DP part of it is your density. So HD, high density. And the PE bit is just for, oh, let's see if I can see this now, polyethylene. <laughs> so that's it. So in short, HDP is your strong, rigid, rigid plastics. So the really tough plastics, they get mm -hmm. stuff. Your um, medium one is MDP, and that's like your drainage pipe, drainage pipes, more flexible stuff, so you could bend it a wee bit. Mm -hmm. And then your LDP is low density, which is like polythene, so it's lighter, a wee bit more rippable, that kind of thing, and that's how you, you know, the different grades. So there you go. That's good. Yeah, now you say that, you, you can envision the wee, the letters on the back of certain bits of plastic and things. Now everyone will know what it, what it is. <laughs> That's they're a good one. So. And why is it important, Amanda, for people not for people to know that, but for you to know the different types? Because it's sort of well, different different grades is obviously depends on how it gets recycled. How so? For me, the HDPE will get shredded, and it's sometimes it has to go through two processes for that because it's thicker. So we'll, we'll, we'll get it maybe shredded and then granulated, whereas the um, the MDPE will just get granulated because it's light enough to go through the first time and then your light stuff would probably just get bailed in here and dealt with with someone that would recycle that uh, within within another company so that's 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 the difference for us and and one once it's granulated 
what's going to happen then? Well, uh, usually for us, it gets set down to a plastic recycling company. There's a few in England that we use, and it actually just gets me back into the product it, it started as. Mm-hmm. So um, mostly construction pipe, that's mostly what we deal with here. So you any ends, that sort of thing at the ends, or you've seen the big, the, the big rolls of that, uh, you know, the, the, for the, the, the telecoms, Pipes, all that sort of the yeah. sort of flexi rolls, yeah. all that, just the, the ends of that. We'll recycle, we'll granulate it all, send it out, and it will just get remade back into more of the, that product. So it is a nice wee closed look there for you. Perfect. Thank you. Please. So I suppose I think that takes us to our, our final uh, question of the day. Um, I don't know, Alistair, if you want to ask this one, because I know you Oh, it's got... sorry, that's why you're yeah. hesitating there, because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's for me. Apologies, apologies. I think so, you quite like this one, that's why I'll let you ask it. <laughs> we're giving you a magic wand no. in the waste world, Amanda, that you can you can, you can can use your magic wand to do something. What, what, would you, what would you love to see? And it could be local to WRC, or it could be you personally, or it could be big bad world out there. Okay, that's... It's a bit, a bit of everything here, so and it's. I'll try not to get too ranty with it, but oh, we like, we like weights, a rant. Disposable <laughs> weights, why get rid of them? Absolutely, <laughs> Honestly, absolute nightmare. Like uh, from let's let's look to you back. So we cut we cut back on the the cigarettes and stuff like that, and then we had refillable vapes, fine you know, what we're using that, and then we brought out these lovely multicoloured plastic battery limited with oil filled things, so they're still good half, I would say half battery left in these things, and you just chuck them out, and this is this is what's causing fires, this is, you get bags full of them, we've got to be so vigilant, not just that, just even 9 volt batteries from construction, we've just got to be so careful with them, I don't know if you've, there is a video going about and you see it's like a telehandler, a machine anyway, and it's the bucket on it, scrapes the, the vape and it just goes up like that. It just, oh. honestly, it's so scary, it sparks. So I would just then just get rid of them, disappear off the face of the earth. Sorry if I've upset anyone with this biggest. And it, I, I read a fact today on it, and a fact, the weekly discarded vapes, What's left of them is the equivalent of twelve hundred electric vehicle batteries. Wow! So that's that is, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. We 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 talked from the episode two. We talked about vapes, and myself and Heather also talked about vapes earlier on. Yeah. Uh, and and I think uh, Scottish government is looking at doing a, a review of it. And I think it is. It seems to have moved up the agenda, both with Scottish government and yeah. and, and DEFRA and so on. But I totally agree from an environmental point of view, a health impact point of view. Yeah. Uh, how we can justify having disposable vapes in this day and age um, is. Yeah, it just it felt like when you, I started seeing them on the shelves, it's like this feels like a huge step backwards. Yeah, it was just but they were just to cover up all the cigarettes. But these vapes are on display, multicolored. That I'm sure there's people out there vaping that wouldn't even consider smoking. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it does the health thing for me as well on that. You know, so 
yeah, uh, yeah, that 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 would be my definite magic Good one. moment. We like we like <laughs> yeah. we like a we like a rant like that. That's perfectly <laughs> acceptable, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll certainly know that will not be the last conversation about that. It's all I seem to see in the news at the moment, and quite rightly so. I can't believe it's taking so long for people to kind of click on to say, right, there's mm. something not right here. I I was thinking exactly what you said. It's like going back in time. Who thought we'll start and producing all these things like all this vast number of like I think I can't remember the stats we said last week but it's something like 1.3 or something million a week or in the UK that, that's thrown out it's just crazy it's insane isn't it it mm-hmm. is uh, it's just a lot it's 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 just too much it just it doesn't even I don't know it just it's and it happens so quickly it feels doesn't it, it just feel mm-hmm. like it was a sort of overnight say look Suddenly, there's all these uh, disposable vapes everywhere. What the hell, you know, where did this come from? <laughs> You're right. It does seem to have sprung up to a certain extent, and you, and you see that if you walk down the high street now. There's, you know, mm-hmm. any high street, there's three or four shops selling vapes. Which, if you yeah. go back two or three years ago, there was probably no <laughs> shop selling yeah, vapes. Absolutely. So, oh, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I think the challenge is how do you ban some of that? I think that's the. The, yes. the challenge it needs it needs UK Scottish government to you know do what they need to do to to make that happen that's so it. yeah perfect perfect yeah okay well I think we'll all agree with that one that's very <laughs> on, yeah, on trend yeah, you're, yeah. Allowed, you're allowed that rant we'll totally agree with that rant yeah yeah <laughs> all right well, well I think that that's that's us run out of our questions uh, you'll be glad to know Amanda Th- thank thank you very much for sharing your 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 journey with us I, th- I think in fairness to Amanda I did I must apologize for that I did put Amanda in the spot after a meeting with her boss last week uh, to come <laughs> on the podcast so she's not had much time to 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 consider it so th- thank you very much for for coming along and chatting to us and uh, oh no problem I hope it encourages more folk that probably got more interesting stories than me to to come on and shout about it and and tell everyone so yeah you know thank you for inviting me yeah absolutely and thanks very much for me as well it's, it's really good to hear a different journey and you know we're, we're getting a wee collection of stories of how people have made it to where they are in the waste industry and um it's great to hear from a woman's perspective as well you said you know how it helped you um connections got you back into the industry and things that might not have been as easy so that's a really interesting topic as well that we hope to get a couple more perspectives from from women in the industry and you know might have a further kind of deep dive discussion about how the differences lie so you never know we might call on you again Amanda for for your experience (laughs) on that I'll I'll happily talk about that again (laughs) I've got a good few stories about that but that's for another time (laughs) absolutely no I think we'll do we'll do a wee round up then we'll do a group podcast because I think that would be a really interesting point of you to hear definitely thank you very much thanks for your time no thank you thank you